Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series featuring discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition, we'll be talking to Allison Fitch of the county's Adult Protective Services. Now, Allison's going to tell us uh, about a county task force to protect older adults from various forms of financial exploitation. But first, a little bit about Allison. She was born and raised in Fredericksburg, earned a Bachelor of Social Work from James Madison University. Since then, she's worked for home health care agencies, a hospice, and a skilled nursing facility. Currently, she's pursuing her master's degree in social work remotely with the University of Nevada, Reno. And I'm sure it's warm out there. Too bad you're not. <laughs> there. But uh, thanks for uh, being with us and, and talking about this uh, exploitation topic, if you will. So adult protective services, let's start there. What is adult protective services? Sure. So thank you for having me. Um, adult protective services is a state and federally mandated program. So all, um, all localities are required to have one. Um, basically what we do is we receive reports um, and investigate reports of abuse, neglect, or exploitation for any individual that's 60 or older or any individual 18 um, with a disability. Hmm. So we really go out into homes, um, meet with clients, meet with their families, assess what's going on. You know, is there a need that needs to be met in the home? Is hmm. there a service we can put in place to allow that person to stay at home longer? Um, you know, the county offers different services anywhere from home-based care, where we are able to put an aid into the home, um, to even offer case management services where they can connect families um, to different, you know, community-based resources or um, housing options, like if they need to look at assisted living hmm. or a skilled nursing facility if they okay. needed a higher level of care. Okay. Now, and maybe, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, I missed it in your initial introduction there, just for instances of in-home or is this um, institutions or other kind of places where you're looking at neglect, abuse, et cetera? So we do look at facilities as well. Okay. Um, primarily, most of our, our cases are self-neglect cases, meaning the individual that's 60 or older um, is maybe not meeting their needs as adequately as they mm. could be. And so someone in the community may have a concern about them, call us, you know, and say, gotcha. you know, I haven't seen my neighbor leave their house in a while. Hmm. Maybe the mailbox is filled up with, with mail. Right, right. Um, and then we get out there and can kind of see maybe they need help with cleaning. Maybe it's, you know, they need more support right. um, to meet those needs better okay um, but we do at times do get reports um, with concerns in a facility placement or a group home mm -hmm. or things like that so we'll go out into the community um, aside from just private homes sure okay when we're talking about abuse neglect exploitation that type of thing what's the problem like in Fairfax County mm -hmm. is it you know, is it huge? Is it manageable? Is it, you know, one case too many? I mean, you know, that, I mean, what's kind of perspective on, on the issue? Sure. Um, I would say majority of our cases are self-neglect cases. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as a ratio of are we higher or lower on the scale, I'd say we're probably we're right at a lot of the state um, levels as far as reporting mm -hmm. um, and getting those cases to us. Okay. So I would say the majority in the state of Virginia is um, self-neglect and as well as in Fairfax. Mm, okay. um, but we are seeing an increase in, in financial exploitation right. as well. And that's kind of what we're going to talk a, a, a lot about today. Um, is, it, is it always a problem or do financial hard times make financial exploitation more, more prevalent? It's hard to really say. Right. Um, and I say that because 
you know, this type of case can really, this case type can really impact um, any family at any socioeconomic status, mm. any age group. I mean, I know we're here to talk about um, folks that are 60 and older, but really um, it, it could be anybody, anyone that uses online shopping, online websites, any financial transactions on the internet, over the phone. Um, you know, that's not to scare anybody, but that's just to kind of make like you almost, aware. Almost everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know no one wants to use Amazon anymore. Right. Um, but just to really to emphasize, to be mindful of, you know, when you go to a website, is it a trusted website? Mm. Um, when you, you know, when someone knocks on your door and it's not the Girl Scouts, um, it's not the Boy Scouts, and, and you're not too sure about them, you know, kind of being cautious of being mindful and, and questioning those folks and what, you know, how did they know that you needed your tree to be repaired or to right. cut down? How did they they're, know that needed? They're mind, mind readers, yeah. <laughs> um, and so... I think really it, it could p- impact any family and then just families with their own dynamics. You know, it could right. be just, you know, someone stealing money from a grandparent or mm. um, maybe an abuse of power in a power of attorney role. And, and that can get kind of muddy and unclear, especially when we talk about folks having memory problems. Right. You mentioned a couple of different examples. Mm-hmm. Are there more prevalent or prominent type of financial exploitations that Adult Protective Services sees in Fairfax County? I would say there's there's been an increase um, as far as the family or trusted caregiver or known person. Hmm. So somebody that maybe has a relationship with that older adult. Right. Um, you know, we are starting to see more of an increase of those kind of, they're referred to as undue influence types of cases. So, you know, folks using um, forms of trickery or, you know, if they meet somebody online, you know, and it's a romance scam, they make a mm. relate, they have a relationship, they build a connection, um, you know, they have that conversation off from the website, kind of isolate them and, and let them know, hey, I'm going to take care of you and, and, I, and I love you and I've known you for all of a week, but right, you should send right. me a million dollars. Um, and, and I know we laugh, but it, it's frightening because that people are lonely right. and, and they pull into that wow. and they feed into yeah. that. And these scammers and these, these fraudsters, they, they know that and they target that. Mm. Um, I know I think I've talked to one of the law enforcement officers and he said, you know, they've been able to find like books and, and almost like a binder of how to conduct these types of scams. Wow. So they really pull at these people's heartstrings right. and, and use that to their, to their advantage. Right. Um, Are there things that, you know, if I'm the person or if I'm the caregiver or that trusted individual, are there things I should look for, et cetera, to recognize financial exploitation? I think the first thing is just to see, you know, depending on the relationship that you have with that person, how open is it? Are you able to talk about finances mm, um, and to point. see if they're closed off about that and if, they, if they're willing to share that with you? Um, I know I think anybody, regardless of age, if you ask them about their money, they're probably going to say, it's right. not your business. Right, right. Um, thanks for your concern. Um, but, you know, if you're able to have that open relationship and be able to either see what's going on with those finances or see what's happening, um, you know, looking at bank statements. And if you know your mom is somebody that doesn't go out into the community very often, um, they're probably not spending money at Chuck E. Cheese. They're probably not right. spending money at this Walmart and Costco and all right. these other places um, or taking out large withdrawals. You know, there we don't have casinos right. as close to I mean, MGM, but, right, right. Um, you know, a lot of factors to consider on what these charges are and, and how do they get there. Right. 
If folks have any kind of questions, because this is a, a, a huge topic and we're just kind of very mm -hmm. quickly kind of hitting the highlights, is there a telephone number to call, a website to call? How can folks get more information? How can they just kind of start the conversation? I, 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 I'm a little concerned, <laughs> but I don't know what to ask kind of thing. Sure. Um, I've always said go with your gut. You know, if you think that your neighbor, your family member, yourself, um, maybe in that situation, you can always call the Adult Protective Services intake line in Fairfax County. Um, and that number is 703-324-7450. Mm -hmm. um, and they're able to, you know, take that report if it is a valid report, um, or they'll be able to give you information on how to get um, to the right contact. Right. Um, you can also contact the local law enforcement mm. um, and make a report with them. They have an online reporting system as well. Oh, okay. But as far as just obtaining more information about what's going on um, and trying to kind of keep up to date with that, um, you can go to the fairfaxcounty.gov website and you can either search older adults um, or you go to the main website fairfaxcounty.gov backslash DFS backslash older adult services. Okay. Um, and that will give you more information about Adult Protective Services um, and also to the Silver Shield campaign, too, um, to learn about kind of what's going on as far as the county's mm. response um, and other events that we may be hosting. Okay. Silver Shield, I want to uh, touch on that in just a sure. second. But 703-324-7450 or fairfaxcounty.gov slash DFS slash older adult services. Or, or just fairfaxcounty.gov and do a search for older adults. Uh, Silver Shield campaign, I know we've talked mm -hmm. about that before here on the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, but kind of just uh, if, if you could give us a quick highlight about what that what that is. Sure. So they had the kickoff a little bit earlier um, this year in, in the fall. Um, basically, we're trying to kind of get that community response centered around the contractor scams. That's really kind of what jump-started a lot of these mm -hmm. initiatives in the county was um, the county did see an increase in these contractor scams where people knock on their door, offer a service at an astronomical price, or they're unlicensed, um, and just a lot of, you know, a lot of issues came from that. Um, and so as a community and as a county, um, look to kind of make changes. So the Silver Shield really... Um, as targeting the the clients, the potential victims of these cases, mm. and really trying to bring a lot of preventative and and community um, education, so we can kind of get a handle ahead of time. Right. Um, so we're trying to really emphasize being mindful, being cautious, but not, um, you know, not make people fearful that I can't right. open my door, right. I can't go to right. the grocery store, right. I can't answer my phone. Um, but if you have a phone number calling you from you know a foreign country and you don't know anybody in a foreign country, right, right. the probability is it's probably not somebody you know. Right. Um, and if it's a doctor's office calling and you're not sure about the number, they'll call you back. Right. They'll keep right. calling. And they'll leave a message. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We talked about the county task force to protect older adults. How does that, is that different than Silver Shield? How does that work together? Mm -hmm. Kind of explain all these things that the county has to, sure. to help protect us. So the Silver Shield, Silver Shield campaign, can't say that one That's fast, right. <laughs> um, it really emphasizes the um, community response for the public, um, whereas the task force is really the professional's mm -hmm. um, side. Okay. So currently um, we have 
about, I would say, 15 different departments um, within the county and other community partners. Um, really what the objective is to come together. We talk about these cases of financial exploitation um, and really have that multidisciplinary team approach. You know, the social worker knows how to engage the client, knows how to build relationships and build rapport and, and be able to connect with these families. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we learn about financial exploitation, if we learn that there's a scam going on, you know, we're not able, we don't have the authority to prosecute. So we really mm-hmm. need to um, rely on law enforcement for that role. And then from there, knowing how to look at the finances. Um, you know, we're able to to look at these documents, but if we get financial statements and we're looking at them, right, right. I might not know what, what some of the acronyms for? are, right, what right. I'm looking for. So we have a certified fraud examiner mm-hmm. okay. that comes to the table, a certified, um, a, a CPA, a certified um, personal accountant, I think is that acronym. Um, I've learned a lot of acronyms since I've started this. Um, But it's really, really helpful to have those folks at the table, you know, having consumer affairs there so that they can say, you know, if you had a negative response with a, um, you know, with a business in the community, let us know. We'll try to mediate the situation, try to look at it. Um, You know, they also have a database where you can look at those resources and see, has there been a complaint made and what was the result? Was it a misunderstanding or or something else? Um, And so with the task force, we've really been able to have that collaboration as a team and as a group. Um, And so I just know like one of the cases I had was a contractor scam case Hmm. where um, the family was charged a huge amount for work that was done. I think it was concrete work. Hmm. Um, And ultimately what came out when we looked at the contract was the person that did the work wasn't licensed. Hmm. So I brought that case to the task force and we talked about it. And I knew basically, okay, I knew he probably wasn't, you know, supposed to be doing the work. Um, And then I had cable, um, cable and consumer services and affairs able to tell me, hey, you know, you can contact us. We can look into that situation. And I also learned about, um, oh, Let's see if I can get that acronym right. <laughs> Virginia Department of Occupational and Professional um, blah, 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 blah. Professional Regulation. <laughs> I had it written down. Um, but they, they are the ones that oversee the licenses uh, for okay. folks to do those types of trades. And so, um, you know, a representative from their agency said, if they're unlicensed, you can report it to me. And that potentially is a misdemeanor, uh, depending on the scenario. How, how, how do folks know all this? I mean... I mean, I guess that's the reason the task force, so that y'all are self-educating and and that type of thing, because Mm -hmm. there's no way that just me as a resident can know all this. Right. And and really, we started in August um, of this year. And so we've had about four meetings and we'll have our fifth this month. Um, And it's really been a good opportunity because it's just it's been a great networking opportunity. You know, a lot of the um, social workers you know, reach out to each other and say, you know, who is that contact and who is that from the meeting? Mm. And even um, a lot of workers will come to the meetings, even if they don't have a case to present. So um, we really just want to have that collaborative approach and having that understanding that, you know, it's not one person's problem. It's the county's problem that we want to take on and and try to meet that need. And and if we can put preventative measures in place, let's do that. Um, A lot of times we're at that intervention stage where we really need to put something into place and Mm. and make a change moving forward. Um, So it has been a good good response so far. Just a couple of minutes left here and several more questions I want to get to. I don't know that we're going to be able to get to it, but uh, how how does the the task force work? You you mentioned a lot of different professionals on it, uh, that type of thing what's what's the the ultimate outcome and Mm -hmm. and how are you getting there sure Um, when I first came on it was really just kind of 
I would call anybody that I thought would be a good good participant to be at the table and get that um, group together. Um, ultimately, the adult protective services workers bring those cases. We just share the scenario mm. with the group, and then it's really just a roundtable discussion and gotcha. conversation. Um, we do have a spotlight presentation in each meeting where another professional at the table has about 10 to 15 minutes just to kind of talk about mm. I always say it's kind of from their view, their scope. Right. Um, you know, we had someone from law enforcement speak, um, someone from the social work side speak, someone from the U.S. Postal Inspection Service, just to really see what does a mail scam look like? How do they handle oh, it? Yeah, how do okay. they intervene? Okay. Um, you know, law enforcement, how do they take on these cases? And just trying to get some pointers from other people. Um, we had the certified fraud examiner speak just to really see how do we look at these financial sure, documents? Sure. Um, and so that's kind of kind of our main objective is to build that network, build that team, so we have a resource that if I need some guidance on how to investigate and look at these financial documents, I know I can call this person or right, that person right. to get assistance. Um, but ultimately, uh, ideally, I would like to see, and it sounds um, counterproductive, but to see an increase in cases. Um, only one in 44 cases of financial exploitation are reported. Wow. Um, and so there's a lot, whether it's people don't know it's reportable or they don't, there's shame and they don't want to share that information. Sure, you know, sure. who wants to say their grandson or son or daughter or whomever right. stole that money? Um, or they just don't know it because maybe they're not adequately fa managing their finances. Right. Maybe they don't have the ability to do it anymore or maybe someone's keeping it from them. So right. there's just so, because these cases are multifaceted and just so many dimensions to them, we have to have a collaborative team. Right. Um, and so really I wanna see us growing as a group and, and being able to get a handle on these cases and make mm. changes in the community and really be able to see those changes. Right. That's pretty incredible, one out of 44 yes. reported. Yeah. How can someone then report? Definitely, the best way is to call the Adult Protective Services intake line. Um, and that number again is 703- three two four seven four five zero what I always suggest is you don't have to know if it happened or not you just have to have the suspicion the mm. concern and then at that point you've done your duty you know and and reporting to us and ultimately we are the ones that will take on the case right. open the case if right. it meets our criteria right. um, and so you know I always go with that and I say go with your gut um, and, and, you know, let's see if we can have some changes made. Right. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up there. A uh, lot more I could ask, a lot more questions. I want to kind of get the, get the, the no, but uh, final word from you, final 30 seconds, if you will, uh, what you want to leave us with about adult protective services or financial exploitation. Sure. Um, you know, our main objective is to really help folks, and, and if we can, we want to put a service in place. If not, we understand and we know that, um, but we want to be a support to these families and, and be a support in the community and really get a handle on these cases because, you know, th these people live alone a lot of times, isolated, and that phone call from that scammer is the only socialization they have, so we really want to put something else in place that's a lot more you know, positive, right. um, whether that's going to a senior center or having someone call just to check in on you. Um, somebody that's not asking for money is the person you want to talk to. Right. Um, and so I always just say, be mindful, cautious. You know, if your grandson is calling you for bail money, unless you have, you know, a troubled grandson right, or right. granddaughter, always call their parents, call your kids. Um, check and see if that's legitimate or right. not. If you don't know the person, and it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. And people say that a lot, but it really is the truth. Yeah, just use your common sense. 
Yes. All right. We've been talking with Allison Fitch of the county's Adult Protective Services about financial exploitation and adult protective services. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Now, if, if you believe you or someone you know may be being abused, exploited, neglected, feel free to call Adult Protective Services. Again, that number is 703-324-7450. You can also search fairfaxcounty.gov for uh, older adults or go to older adult services, that type of thing on the fairfaxcounty.gov website. Now, you can also find uh, older adult services, recreation, community engagement opportunities by calling 703-324-7948, TTY number 711, that's Monday through Friday, or go online to fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. When you're on that web page, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper, as well as Fairfax 50 Plus e-news. You can also link over from there to the Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page. Be sure to like the page to receive more updates. Thanks again for listening to Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced twice monthly by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.